Welcome to Koinonia Podcast. We exist to engage the church with edifying biblical discussion that is relevant to our local church in our world today. Let's tune in in today's episode. All right. Welcome back to this episode of Koinonia Podcast. My name is Pastor Brent. I serve as the lead pastor at Still Valley Church. And this guy. Yes, my name is David Suarez. I am here as the pastoral apprentice here at Steel Valley Church. Nice to see all of you again. I don't see any of you. I just see Brent. But it's all right. I know I Isn't see Isn't that uh, just a lovely sight? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Horrifying. Say so. No, no, it's Let's good. <laughs> but uh, hey, it's great to be gathered again mm-hmm. like this with a listener from somewhere out there in some digital space and that has taken the time to continue the discussion regarding context and bible reading and, and all sorts of different things like that so yeah we're gonna dive in and cover specifically the author's arrangement of mm-hmm. material and there's a lot of factors that come into that and so again this isn't undermining the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's not undermining the the authority that the Word has, as if we're we're losing sight of of where we fit into the mix. We're we're just simply saying that um, it's an inspired, inerrant Word, sufficient, it's authoritative, and the Holy Spirit has made it so mm-hmm. in the inspiration of that. And so when we're looking at it, He inspired. A literary work. Yes. A literary right. work. Mm-hmm. There's different types of literary works. I wouldn't read a biography the same way I would read a newspaper. It's a literary yeah. work. The Bible is a literary work. And so the Holy Spirit, he inspired it. And so we are diving into the word, which is so wonderful. It's yes. such a delight to be able to dive into that. And it takes some time and prayer to understand properly what what that literary work is intended to say. Yes, that's exactly right. Though structure is really important, and we're not, you know, uh, trying to be overly academic when we look at structure. But we're doing what the Jewish people and the early Christians did as well. Yeah. We're understanding structure to understand context to understand meaning. Mm-hmm. It just helps. Yeah. Yeah. We need an under- We need to understand genre. And we need to understand structure. Right. There's a reason yeah. for this. There's a reason for this passage. It's important to see that. And it can be difficult yeah. for people who were there. Last night, I was with the young adults working mm-hmm. on structure and how to divide a chapter mm-hmm. uh, based off of the structure, the words that are repeated a lot in some parts of the chapter mm-hmm. and not repeated in other parts of the chapter. Uh, and so my group of Bible studying young adults were able to work together. It took an hour and a half, but we took Mark chapter two and we found what the structure was based off, you know, Mark chapter two at the beginning of it, it Mm -hmm. seems to use the word forgiveness of sins way more and paralytic because talking about the paralytic man. But then right after that section, it goes into a different section that uses the word tax collectors and sinners tax collectors and sinners, over and over, mm-hmm. along with using the phrase new and old, new and old, new wine, old wineskins, new cloth, old garment, you know, mm-hmm. that that whole section. And so, but then after that section, the terms tax collector and sinner are not used at all anymore for mm-hmm. the final third. The final third talks about the Sabbath, where Jesus is 
in the grain, in the, the field of grains with his disciples, and they're picking heads of grain. Mm-hmm. And that's the passage where we see, of course, the, the famous line, uh, you know, uh, man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for man, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so then we can see, oh, certain words are used in certain sections. So you're looking, like you're saying that repeated words yeah. uh, uh, reveal structure. Yes. There's a reason why these words are repeating. Mm-hmm. And so what you're trying to find is that reason. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to find the reason of a passage, you're looking for its emphasis. So by logical conclusion, mm-hmm. structure will equal emphasis. emphasis. Yes, it will. If you want to know what's the most important message within this passage, you have to look for structure. Mm-hmm. It's not dictated up to you. Yes. Um, we submit then to that structure mm-hmm. and scripture will say what it says and it mean what it means. That's right. And we have to deal with it. Yes. That's the authority of God's word. Yes. Every message should submit to that shape in the emphasis. Exactly. And that, that empowers us. That is where the role of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. really takes over in our lives because more often than not, the Holy Spirit will step on our toes. Yes. He will. Yes, he will. He will make us uncomfortable. He will challenge us. He will convict us. That's why I love the phrase counselor. I, I think that's a good that's a good description. It's so good, right? When Jesus yeah. says that, because counselor is making this true claim to guidance, mm-hmm. and guidance is not agreement. Guidance is well, guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was agreement, then that would just mean whatever you feel. That's right. I know, yeah, and that's that's vile. You know, that's, that, that, that's like re- subjective. Yeah, that's that's just like repugnant. Evil will happen all the time, uh, even more so than it already does. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just really understand that. Submit to the one who knows best. Yeah. He does know best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the good news because you want to be people of the book, mm-hmm. got to be people of the spirit. Yes. Want to be people of the spirit, got to be people, people of the book. book. Amen. There's no distinction. They're not contradictory terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, structure is great. Um, I think a couple of pointers would be to um, consider a more word to word translation mm. of scripture yeah yeah that's a good point let's say like word I have, for word i'm trying to get used to reading the bible this is like new to me yeah what, what what are some general tips some general steps you would say for someone who's new to bible reading mm-hmm. totally new to it yeah yeah i would definitely encourage them to look for a translation that is closest to mm-hmm. the original language mm-hmm. and so the closest that exists right now to the original language is the NASB, New American Standard Bible. And um, close to that are like the ESV, Mm -hmm. uh, the NKJV, Mm -hmm. uh, the CSB, and like the NLT is the furthest I will go. It's it's more so like not halfway, but further past halfway of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, But if people can, if it's like a, a less... Um, the ESV is difficult to read. Yeah, um, yeah it's a it, clunky. it really is. Sometimes it, it's clunky. Um, the NASB I think is also hard to read. The CSB reads really smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, the NLT is very smooth, suspiciously smooth. And so that's that's kind of mm-hmm. where I I'm like, okay, if you're a younger Christian, uh, yeah, try maybe the CSB. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, um, some sometimes you can also. 
to look at structure and understand the passage is to just rewrite the passage in your own translation. And that's not looking at it from an inspired approach. That is just a comprehension tactic Mm. of making sure that you're picking out the details that are in there and then compare your translation to the text and see where it might be revealing some emphasis. But reading, rereading, and rereading again, listening to it being read to you Mm. like an audible form is a different way. Um, Reading out loud is interesting. Um, I started doing that not long ago where I'll just read and reread and reread out loud. For some reason, it's different than just uh, sitting in my own thoughts and reading Mm. uh, to myself. But looking for structure... You'll yeah. hear it, you'll sense it, you'll see it. The more you're, you investigate, you'll see repeated words, phrases, and ideas. Mm-hmm. I think those would be some helpful tools and strategies. Um, That's good because a lot of new Christians who are new to Bible study, or just Christians who are lifelong Christians but are new to Bible study, yeah, you know, uh, they feel bad when they have to reread a passage yeah. over and over. But tell you what, it sounds like it's... A good idea yeah. to reread yeah. a passage over and I'll just, over. Uh, let's just give people some some good advice. If if you have a message Bible, it's not intended to be a translation. It, it was literally Eugene Peterson. He was writing a commentary, mm-hmm. and they decided to put it into <laughs> a thing. It's it's not entirely bad, but when you're using it as inspired scripture, it's not. Yeah. And I'm not even going to say anything about the TPT, mm-mm, the mm-mm. toilet paper mm-mm. translation. That's right. It's yeah. just... It is, that is not a translation. It is not a translation at all. Um, very far from it. Yeah. And so look for something NASB, ESV, mm-hmm. NKJV, CSB. And I'm sorry if you're a KJV onlyist. Um, that's a different discussion <laughs> for another day. Different. <clears throat> I'll still encourage you for an NASB. Yes. So anyhow, going back to structure then, um, we have to know what we're reading in order to understand the one we're reading about. Mm -hmm. So we have to know genre. Can you tell us about genre? Yeah. What are some different genres in in scripture? And what are some text types? Maybe I'll fill in the different text types. Okay. Talk about genre a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so genre is the way we talk about the different forms of writing that exist in the scripture, right? There's genre that's poetic. So mm-hmm. these are these generalized categories of writing. We have poetic, we have uh, some that are a bit more like historical legal, right? Mm-hmm. And so you might have mm-hmm. like the Levitical like the law. Yeah, the law yep. there. We have like uh, prophetic writings, mm-hmm. which have their own style. Uh, we have wisdom literature, yeah, right. So you kind of see yeah. that with the proverbs and technically with Job, oddly enough, yeah. Uh, and then you have other historical narratives. There's a lot of historical narratives because again, the Bible yeah. is a historical book. Yeah. And then we have um, we have uh, autobi or we have biographical mm-hmm. historical narratives, right? Mm-hmm. Not autobiographical, but biographical. So narratives about Jesus, um, still historical narratives, mm-hmm. but biographical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have um, ecclesiological, you know, well, the epistles. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right? Pastoral epistles, general epistles. Exactly. Yeah. So those kind of like uh, towards the church, mm-hmm. towards the people about the gospel, mm-hmm. towards the people of mm-hmm. Israel during history, towards uh, both kings and people who were educated in, in Israel for wisdom, towards all God's people, 
in the way that man came about and the nation of Israel, mm-hmm. kind of just backwards all the way to the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. those are the general genres. Yeah. So you got within those genres, it, you basically got a like in our day, you would have like a biography, mm-hmm. and you'd have a newspaper. Yes. You would read those two different. Very different. As how they might apply. Um, you would read a fiction and a nonfiction completely differently. Yes. Okay. So when we're looking at scripture, what would ever allow us to look at all scripture being the same genre with the same prescription of, you know, adopting things into our lives and, or is it describing? I, I think people would probably get more frustrated, um, than not because, there you will find contradictions. Oh, yes. When you're not reading the Bible how it was intended to be read. Yeah. If you mo- or if you read with a modern lens with no regard for structure, for context, for genre, then you might end up like the uh, BHI, where you read mm. Leviticus and think that those exact practices are prescriptive yeah. for us right now. Yeah. You know, and whatever other cults are out there. So, yeah, mm. you got to be real careful. Yeah. And so within all of those, whether it's a narrative in the Old Testament or New Testament or uh, poetic or wisdom, poetry, epistles, gospels, each one of those genres have a different sort of text type. And Mm. so uh, what you'll have in some of them is a discourse. You'll have a a discourse Mm. or you'll have a narrative or you'll have poetry. And Mm. so discourses usually have like this logical flow to them, right? It sort of has like, you could trace the logic or reason um, of a passage. And so you're looking at not necessarily um, like an arc, like a narrative might have, but you're looking for like a conclusion. Oh, okay. Okay. I have a few examples. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And so you definitely want to pay attention to to that logical flow Mm. Uh, because in that uh, Paul was a very discourse writer yes Um, he would list things out in chronological form he did it with uh, with the gifts of the spirit in first Corinthians and Mm. and he's he's emphasizing something in the very and above all love and and so he's 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 making that in a discourse form. It has mm-hmm. a logical flow. And if there's a logical flow, there is a subordination of all the things that follow. And mm-hmm. so if you're emphasizing one thing and underemphasizing another, Paul is going to hit you on the back of the head with his <laughs> epistle. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I love exactly the, right. I love these, these, uh, <laughs> yeah, these, these wax on the head. Yeah. So, but no, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, that actually makes sense. Why Paul, will quote people or guess what their line would be. Yeah. Right. You see that in Romans quite a bit where he's, where he knows what they're going to say. So he makes a, a quote of what they're probably thinking mm-hmm. saying, you know, uh, but, but why in this case? And he would say, well, because of this, right? Mm-hmm. So discourse also includes like Paul's predictive mm-hmm. understanding of how they will respond. Yeah. Uh, or all of John 14 to John 17 is the upper room discourse. Yeah. That's cool. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and so narrative, like I was saying, like their discourse is kind of like that logical flow, but narrative has that that arc, that story arc, mm. you know, and so um, you have that found primarily 
in like Old Testament history books, mm-hmm. prophets, gospels, acts. He yeah. has that all the time. And so that has a setting, rising action, climax, resolution, and then a new setting. And so you, basically any good movie has yes. yeah. the story arc. It, it, it's, it, it keeps us in suspense with that rising action, that tension that is drawn. And that's why I love I, one of the genres I love preaching most is story because you, you get to paint scenes in people's minds and you get to really get them to feel that tension. I love it. Mm. Um, that's cool. And so that's, that's narrative, not only discourse, not only narrative, but, um, you also have, um, this, this sort of poetic structure Mm. in that you'll see repetitions, you'll see imagery, you'll have, a different person speaking, a voice speaking. You'll see parallelism. You'll see um, an alphabetical yeah. formula like Psalm 119. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Those which acrostics. Is, yeah. yeah. That's cool. And huh. and you also have chiasm um, in it in poetry. A lot of poetry has that chiasm. And so um, maybe maybe so I don't lose listeners. Um, can you explain without having to draw anything on the whiteboard of what a chiasm is? Yeah. Yeah. So a chiasm is whenever you have this structure in which, uh, the way something starts and the way it ends and the way it flows is a, like a reflection. So a good example, good image would be the way we think of like a simple burger. Yes. Just a, a simple burger where you have a bun on top, Meat in the middle, bun on the bottom. Believe it or not, this is how chiasms are structured. You have one type of substance on the top, bread, something different in the middle, meat, something of the same substance at the bottom, bread. You go from bread, meat, bread. That is a chiasm. Uh, And so if you want to think of a more complex chiasm, think of a large, like a double steak burger Ooh. from Wendy's mm. where they put that one awkwardly chunked piece of lettuce in the middle because they want it to look healthy. Mm. So they smash it in between the two burgers. Uh, it's, it's that double from Wendy's. So it's the bread, meat, lettuce, mm-hmm. meat, bread. You're making me hungry. I know. Me too, right? <laughs> Chiasms are a good little delicacy. You know, they, 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 they sound like they taste good. <laughs> so a chiasm in this case would be Bread, meat, lettuce, meat, bread. And the cool thing is a chiasm, if it's like the more simple burger, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, oh, the meat sticks out because it's not bread. Yeah. So it's a way to kind of bring emphasis to the things that are usually towards the center. Mm-hmm. And then also to remind you of the thing that's being repeated at mm-hmm. the beginning and the end. Yeah. In the case of the more complex burger, just like at Wendy's, the one thing that sticks out at that burger when I got it, was this one green piece of lettuce mm. amidst the brown color of the meat and the uh, beige color of the bun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so the lettuce sticks out really clearly because mm. it's right in the center and because it's totally different from everything else. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing with chiasms too. Yeah. They're a way to sometimes emphasize a concept mm-hmm. or sometimes they're a way to point out one weird concept that sticks out outside of a background, yeah. outside of a backdrop. So that's what a yeah. chiasm is. It's a weird way of reflecting mm-hmm. one idea over a uh, statement, cool. over an image. So you have, say you have, um, say you have nine verses. Mm-hmm. So you would essentially say verse one and verse nine hypothetically have this reflection. Yes, yes, You go exactly. into two and eight. eight. Those mm-hmm. are, are reflecting each other. Yes. And then it goes all the way to the middle to about, what would that be? Five or... 
four. So it ends up being five. Yeah. One, nine, two, eight, three, seven, <laughs> four, six. Oh, it is five. Okay. Five, yeah. five sticks out right so there. So five would be like that center verse. And, and that sort of breaks that pattern of reflection. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as if in Hebrew writing, they use that to emphasize something. Yes, they do. It's artistic. It's genius, and, too. And that's why you see that a lot in poetry. It's really brilliant. There is a warning that some of the older and wiser guys who have spoken into my life, and especially ministry, they've told me to not over-chiasm the mm-hmm. Bible. True. Because then you're you're falling for the danger of overemphasizing. Yes. And so if you're overemphasizing, that's still, like, bad. True, true. Um, even if it might be helpful um, mm-hmm. to overemphasize is to add to Scripture. True. That's, that's a good point. danger of overemphasis. So anyhow... Um, you don't want to over chiasm in the Bible, but when it's there, it's so interesting. It is so encouraging when you find it, it brings meaning and purpose because you know, um, that you're understanding something vital in this passage mm-hmm. and what to be really focusing on. But then you ask questions of like, why, why, why does that stand out? Yes. And that answering that question will actually be in the later episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. of of how it connects to different parts of doctrine or the cross and, exactly. and especially to today. So if if we could uh take away anything on on this episode with um genre and structure. or we're talking about structure. Yeah. Well, tied to genre. Yeah. Genres each genre has its own structure. So. Yeah. So if we could take anything away from this episode and kind of close with some thoughts is just structure does reveal emphasis. Yes. Most definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It focuses on the right things. Mhm. And so there's different ways of finding that structure depending on what genre of book you're reading. It's going to change with if it's a discourse, if it's a narrative, if it's poetry, mm-hmm. um, all of these things are just considered. Who would have thought, David, you know, being a literary work that you'd have to consider all of this. Like the Holy Literature. Spirit inspired yeah. a chiasm. <laughs> That's so cool. The Holy Spirit inspired a narrative. Huh. And people think that we could just open the Bible and play uh, musical right. Oh yeah, like musical, musical chairs. Bible page. It's like say. musical spiritual chairs. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's boy, true. how far we've strayed. That's true. And no wonder we're in a place in in just kind of ecclesiological turmoil in yeah. in America. Biblical illiteracy is very severe. For yeah. any of you who are like new Christians or new to Bible thinking and Bible reading, and you think, oh man, this is kind of tough at times. Mm-hmm. I hope you understand that you are actually attempting to do something that most people just don't, right? Because most people, biblical literacy is at an all-time high uh, in, in most places, in America yeah. at least. Other countries, they're better off. But uh, So ha- have some hope. Yeah. You know, uh, rest in the knowledge that the Holy Spirit will guide you. Mm-hmm. You have resources. You, you have other people who can help you to understand yeah. structure and, and to understand what's being said. What, what the Lord wants to make clear through mm-hmm. this passage. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's easier, sometimes more difficult, yeah. but each time, no matter what, it is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. We do not want to be pharisaical. We do yes. not want to add. We don't mm-hmm. want to take away. Mm-hmm. We want to be biblical. And in biblical, we pay attention to all of these things. They're vital to understanding the message of God. That's right. That's right. 
all the time we have. Yeah. There we See go. you next time. See you. This podcast is a ministry of Steel Valley Church. For more information on how to participate, visit our website at steelvalleychurch.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.